Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. This is Golf Monthly's weekly podcast where we take a look at the various different events in the world of golf. My name is Neil Tappin and uh, I have two erstwhile podcasters joining me this week. Firstly, Tom Clark. Tom, how are you? I'm very well. How was your weekend, Neil? <laughs> uh, it was tiring, shall we say. It happens. We get to your age, so a, these things happen. Now. A very tiring night on Saturday night. Um, let's say no more about that. <laughs> that um uh, tom how was your weekend uh it was fine it was good looking forward to the imminent arrival of a young tom in the next couple of weeks maybe right so yes so preparing for yeah for a new arrival indeed uh, and nick bonfield nick hi hello neil uh nick good weekend yes uh very relaxing actually <laughs> watched a lot of netflix so <laughs> Raring to go now, I'm refreshed. <laughs> did you watch any golf, more to the point? I did watch some golf too, yes. Um, okay, well, we are going to... So on the podcast this week, we will take a look at the um, the Northern Trust Open, probably first and foremost. That was uh, won by Bubba Watson. Then we'll look at the Maybank uh, Championship in Malaysia. Um, we'll have a quick, quick look at that one because the field wasn't quite as good. And I dare say that the uh, time lag, the time difference between here and Malaysia caused... Certainly, I wasn't watching it Saturday morning. Uh, sorry, Sunday morning. Um, uh, and then we will hear from Eddie Pepperell. Uh, Jeremy, I would caught up with Eddie recently. So we'll have a few questions from Eddie. And then we will return to the podcast and we will take an in-depth look. Ready, chaps? An in-depth look in at depth. this coming week's is, Honda Classic. Is there a quiz? There is indeed. Great. Um, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's a huge tournament, the Honda Classic, so we'll take a good look at that. Okay, so without further ado, let's look at the Northern Trust Open. So it was won by Bubba Watson on a score of 15 under par. Um, it's a return to the winner's circle for him for a little um, while out, and it was a great leaderboard on that final day. You had Scott in there with a great chance. McElroy started with an eagle and then fell away terribly. Um, chaps, who wants to begin? Great win for Bubba. Could set up a big 2016, I would say. Yeah, I mean... I Obviously, his length is a given, but what was so impressive, I thought, was the fact that A, he hit so many fairways, and B, he held out so well from the five and six foot range. He didn't look twitchy at all on Sunday, which is a criticism that can often be levelled at him. And at this point in time, you have to say that uh, Augusta National is looking absolutely perfect for a third green jacket for Bubba because it demands creativity off the tee, uh, shot shaping, and if he's holding parts with regularity from six feet, then he's going to be very dangerous. So that was a very, very impressive all-round performance from Bubba. Yeah, it was interesting that you should pick up on the sort of his, men- like the, the twitchiness. You, you described it as twitchiness. I would sort of say his mental approach because it's definitely something he's been working on. And there was one moment in the round where it was just, the whole thing was just looking like it was getting away from him. He was, um, he started the day in the lead, then didn't make the birdies that everybody else was making, and actually, in the end, came back really strong. And it showed quite a lot of mental strength, actually, to stick around, something you wouldn't have seen from Bubba. Definitely, and the old Bubba might have imploded there and let the frustration get the better of him, but he, he stayed patient, which is so often touted as something extremely important to do on a Sunday. And some of his shots coming down the stretch, I think particularly that approach to, to his tee shot, the par 316. Oh, it was a great was an shot. absolutely phenomenal it? shot, and... He just had his ball on a string on that back nine. It was a very, very, very strong performance from Bubba. And Tom, you are our resident betting expert. I say expert. I mean, you, you, well, I guess you're an expert. I try. I try, you know. <laughs> have, have success some weekends and not did, success. Did Bubba feature in your picks? Not this weekend. It was his third, it's the second win in three years. He, uh, he, yes, and the last time he won there, he won the Masters. Um, 
His odds were very short, and I'm someone who's always very wary of people with very short odds. If you look at the people who were the absolute favourites in that field, for example, Jordan Spieth and Roy McIlroy, they uh, one didn't make the cut, and the other one fell away quite badly on Sunday. Go on. Go, well, you're pointing at me. Go on. I'm pointing at you because I was going to ask you a, a quick quiz question, oh. a one-off question. Jordan Spieth missed the cut. He shot 79 in the opening he round. Did. Which tournament did he miss the cut at? <laughs> last, before I that messed, one. Is that what you question. Yeah. yeah, when was his last missed cut? Um, when was his last miscut? Uh, Nick, feel free to Nick, um, take in part the, in this in as well. I mean, this, that's quite a treat. I'm going to say probably quite a while ago. I well, thanks for that. I Peaceful. know the answer. Go on. Please say it. That's I the answer. I think it is the either the Deutsche Bank Championship or the event before the Deutsche Bank Championship. Let's go with the Deutsche Bank Championship. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You, you, you can't see the, my pad from over there. I, can't, can I think you? he missed the first two cuts of the, the FedEx Cup and then was strong towards the he end. He did. He did. He missed back-to-back cuts. Oh, wasn't that long ago then? No, September. 2012 or something. No, like that, September. So, And actually, funny enough, he missed four cuts last year. I wouldn't have thought he missed as many as that. Um, and that's over the course of a season, though. That's Yeah. That's about what we're looking at, though, isn't it? It doesn't matter who you are. But, I mean, he looked woefully out of sorts here. He was tugging everything to the left, and he missed a number of putts. From <laughs> he, he also hit, hit a golf ball into a tee marker. Did you yeah, see that? I did on the, on, on, that was on Facebook, wasn't it? it? Yeah. On the, on the range. He, if you haven't seen marker, it, it, go backwards. to the Golf Monthly Facebook page, because there's a great video of him on the practice ground. He hits a ball into a tee marker, and it shoots behind him. It's um, not something you would expect. An omen for the week. <laughs> but he, he missed something like eight putts from within 10 feet during that first round, and that's very ominous. But but I think granted on tough greens on those greens they are the the hardest they keep on coming up with that the hardest within three foot and the hardest within ten foot or something like that so it wasn't like they're the easiest greens to putt on anyway and they've got lots of burrows and stuff like that I think it was actually his iron shots which were when I watched it Thursday evening he was yeah. he was on kind of like uh, about eleven o'clock at night um, and he, he was he just his shots some of the iron shots were. Per- perplexing. Everything left, However, he did play quite well on. He shot sixty-eight. Yeah. In the, so, I think take it with a pinch of salt. He's take also it with one a pinch of salt, but still alarming to see the world's best putter have such a poor display on the greens. Yeah, but he's one I'm of not, these guys that mentally it's not going. Yeah, I'm not necessarily suggesting that there's going to be long-term scars here, but still, was uncharacteristic from Spieth on the greens. Um, and Adam Scott, who wants to mention him because it I was, do. I've yeah. gone some because it was um, it was nice to see him play well and. I feel a little bit more positive towards Adam Scott now that he has the putter that he should have in his hands. Um, but you felt you didn't like him for his long putter. I, I didn't. Not, <laughs> I think didn't saying I didn't like him is a strong phrase, but I would never. I don't think I'd ever support him because of the way they use the long putter to his advantage. And now that's been taken away from him, and he putted really quite well on very tricky greens. Actually, showed that actually did he need to go to that long putter in the first place? That's something we'll never know the actual answer to. But it was good to see him playing so well. And that, uh, the finish he put in, obviously, was, was remarkable, yeah. chipping in on 18, stuff like that. So um, he, he, he looks... He could definitely, of course, be someone who could really feature at the Masters. And the Masters actually bubbling up quite nicely at the moment um, from just thinking it was going to be a, um, a day McElroy speed battle all year. Some other guys have really come in to the, um, the frame. Bubba, Ricky Fowler, Adam Scott... To just name three others, yeah, um, Matsuyama as well is yeah. looking good, and Scott's a, a, a past champion at of Augusta. Yeah. And well, what was interesting, I thought, with his putting display is whether or not you think the putting ban was right or wrong. 
Uh, he holds so many putts from outside 15, 20 feet, which, as we hear so often, it's very tricky with a long putter to, to putt well from that range because you lose that feel. So long putter taken away and Scott starts holding 20 footers. That's dangerous because we know how good his ball striking is. So if he can find some consistency from that length, he's going to be very dangerous this season. And he seemed to just really, really enjoy being in the limelight again after a poor he's season been out last of, out year. Of it he, for such he was long time, huh? something like a hundredth on the FedEx Cup standings last year. And, was and, he? Yeah, it's really poor showing from him. So he seemed to be relishing that battle again. So I think that will again spur him on to be in contention more often this season. Uh, and Dustin Johnson uh, played well as well. He was thirteen under. Um, didn't probably just didn't have the final round that the two two behind shot sixty nine in the final round. Probably could have gone a bit lower, but um, the one I wanted to actually quickly mention was Rory because he made an eagle on the first hole and was then right in it, playing alongside Adam Scott, and then really un Rory like just completely fell away. He finished on minus six. I, th- I think that's shot that, 75, I think, I think that's that course. I think that's what happened to Spieth on the Thursday. Uh, I think you have to, it's a such it's a course where you have to be so patient on it. If you really really try and attack it, you can put yourself in some horrendous positions, short side yourself really easily on what are really quite small greens. And I think that's what he tried to do. He thought, right, bang, eagle. I'm I'm off here, but then he just went attack, attack, attack. I just don't think that's the way to do it on that. I think you just have to hit the greens. You have to go fairways, greens, and then try and hold your putts on that on that course. That's the way I I saw it. Oh, that works well on most golf courses. It, well, I know it does, but so, okay. <laughs> thanks for the thank, insight. Thank, thank you, Neil. But I'm saying that some golf courses are set up where you can go at the pins, and you know, and you can like, get a lot of reward out there. Where some of them, you've just got to take your medicine and hope that your putter is going to be hot. Yeah, that's yep. what I was trying to say. Okay. Yeah, what's interesting about Rory is that when he seems to fall away from contention, he seems to become quite deflated and you get the sense that his heart isn't completely in it. He hasn't yet developed that Tiger Woods trait of battling around and producing something in the high 60s when he doesn't have his best golf. Part of that is to do with the fact that he is struggling on the greens from what I've seen this season and he needs to really put in some work in that area. But I just think as soon as Rory knows that he can't win the tournament, just something leaves him and his, his passion and dedication isn't quite there and that often translates into a pretty average showing on a, on a Sunday. But it's why we like him, isn't it? It's, it is. It's one it of is. those things about Rory. He, he's very much like you and I. You know, if, if you're going through a bad round, you get deflated. And so when Rory does it, you watch him and actually, I don't know, you just connect a little bit more with him, don't you? He, it, that's he, He's one of these players that people do connect with because he can hit it in some strange places. He can do have those sort of slightly tiger-like recovery shots every now and again. Um, so anyway, uh, be that. Go on, yeah, as a, I was just going to say as a side note here that the, some of the driving on display was phenomenal. I thought Jason Kokrat was very impressive as well, not just for his long and straight driving. It's interesting that the long drivers these days also seem to be hitting a very high percentage <laughs> Nick, of fairways as well. Tom's shaking his head. The use of the use of the word "interesting" in these. You've, you've said you've used "interesting" in your last four sentences. It's an interesting event. Five sentences. But these these long these so-called bombers are actually finding an increasing number of fairways, which I think bodes well for some exciting golf in, over the coming years. Yep. Well, we will see how very interesting how things continue to. Um, to go ahead of Augusta because we have another big tournament coming this week, the Honda Classic. We will talk about that uh, in a little while. But before we do, um, just a quick word on the Maybank Malaysia Championship. Nick, I know that you were bemoaning the fact that you were going to have to get up early in the morning to watch it. So what time did you set your alarm clock on Sunday morning? I opted for highlights. It's not very dedicated. It's not, but the final round was teeing off at 3am, so... 
I should think you were just you're getting just in. Ro- you're just rolling in from some haunt, aren't you? Then well, that... <laughs> not this weekend. Um, but I, you... I did. I did. I did. Obviously, watch some of it, and it was a partly an impressive performance from Marcus Fraser, partly a, a collapse that led to his victory. But I've got a few stats in front of me. Oh, yes. brilliant! And Marcus <laughs> Fraser is a guy. He's very, very consistent from tee to green, and really gets it done. Um, but he really gets his. Uh, well, I suppose That's the, the, stat. What's the, stat? the main factor behind his victories tends to be his putting in short game. And he, he got up and down 23 out of 26 times, had 104 putts, and hit 42 out of 56 fairways. So it's a pretty good effort, and that's going to get it done in most events. So congratulations to him. He's also won in, I think, in China possibly yeah. before Korea. Yeah, so he's Valentine's. Valentine's, yeah, that's it. So he's obviously very at home in those conditions. He also shot out. minus 15, same as Bubba. That's an interesting fact for you. Uh, mm. Debatable. Uh, this is his third win on the European Tour. Uh, Tom, how many events has he played on the European Tour? Oh, several. <laughs> Come on. Um, Have a go. 212. Oh, oh, 292. Oh. Uh, and he won 439,000 euros for that. And career earnings. ka Career earnings up to 6 million euros for Marcus right. Fraser, which goes to show that... Um, Three wins in that many years. He's hardly prolific as a winner. But life is very good for those yeah. boys, isn't it? Very. I think you, if you look at his stats, you'll find that he's probably finished between 50th and 100th on the race to Dubai majority of the last 10 seasons. Very consistent player. Good putter, good short game. And whilst that's perhaps not enough to get you over the line every season, it will provide you with a decent career and some good longevity. So, cats off to him. Did you say cats off to him? <laughs> Hats off to him. <laughs> Oh, I there. didn't say cats <laughs> off. Thank you. It was a mixture of a cap and a hat. <laughs> Thanks for all the critiques. Uh, Very good. It's a pleasure. Uh, okay, so we are now going to hear from Eddie Pepperell. So Eddie Pepperell, obviously very talented young Englishman. Uh, now, Nick, how many years has he been on the European Tour for? Third year? Probably his third year, I'd say. Yeah, Third year. So uh, familiar with all, all the golf courses, now starting to get into real sort of professional life understanding his schedule understanding sort of what routines work for him uh, and it's definitely going to be someone that will I would think at some point during the year make his mark if not with a win then a series of top finishes he certainly did last year Nick you want to say something I was just going to say that him and Tyrrell Hatton are two guys who you wouldn't be surprised to see when they're made an events this season uh, well said well we uh, in the build up to that hopefully that event we are going to now hear from Jeremy Elwood who spoke to uh, Eddie out in Abu Dhabi Hello, you join me here on the uh, golf course at the Abu Dhabi HSBC Golf Championships. First uh, event uh, for you in 2016, is it Eddie or not? Yeah, it is, yeah. First event for my uh, guest here, Eddie Pepperell in 2016. Um, I'm going to be asking Eddie some questions now, some of them uh, heavily golf related, some of them a bit random. Eddie, you have a choice as to which question batch you'd like to go for, one to six. Okay. What is your choice? So it's complete. So I have no idea what they contain. No, unfortunately not. Um, we'll go for number five. Right, a little bit of rustling while I find batch five. Batch number five. And your first question is, if you could swap one part of your game for someone else's, what would it be? At the moment, I think it's hard to look past Jordan Speed's putting. Right. Okay, he's fairly phenomenal, isn't he? Yeah, and I don't consider myself to be a bad putter, but you know that guy is rewriting, uh, rewriting the rules of what's good and bad in this game at the moment. So um, 
Yeah. Okay, uh, what's the biggest mistake, and uh, I don't know how many caddies you've had in your time on tour, what's the biggest mistake your caddy has made? Just being too small. Right, okay. Yeah. yeah. Is that sizest yeah. or is that...? No, he just never really grew, I think. From the age of three or four, he sort of stopped growing. And... So what's his name? Uh, Jamie Herbert. And, you know, at an approximate guess, what would his height be? Oh, two foot eight, roughly. Two foot eight. Yeah. So that is small. That's being generous. That yeah. is small for a tour bag. <laughs> okay, uh, here's your next choice. One major or ten tour titles? Oh, I'm going to go ten tour titles, yeah. Yeah? That would be for any particular reason? or Because consistency is greatness, really. If you can win ten times out here, then you're a very good golfer. And I'm not going to say anyone can win one major, but anyone can win one major. And there's so, a fair um, chance if you're that consistent, one of those ten tour titles might be a major. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for me, you know, you've got to look to be consistent because consistency shows that you've got control, and um, that's what ten tour titles I think would uh, represent. Splendid. Now, if you were to arrange a golf holiday, where would you go? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, golf holiday. Wouldn't be much of a holiday, would it? Um, <laughs> Busman's holiday for you. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think somewhere I haven't been. Uh, I mean, uh, I would choose somewhere. I mean, I, I, we play a tournament down there at Leopard Creek okay. in the Kruger. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to choose that because it's a destination for the tour, but yeah, um, I mean, you know, you could obviously coincide that with uh, the Kruger Park, and I think why not? It's a great, great place, you know. Um, but. Yeah, just just being somewhere like that, I suppose the Kruger Park would be would be an amazing place to travel to and play a bit of golf on the side. Perfect. Now, who is the most underrated player on tour? <laughs> most underrated? Oh, that's good. I thought you asked overrated. No, not overrated. There. That, that was that would be, uh, be nasty. <laughs> yeah. Um, under. Trying to big someone up. Yeah, isn't it? Um, most underrated player on tour. Oh my God, that's. Blank here, yeah, struggling because most of the guys are very good at are doing well. So I mean, underachiever then, if we just uh, talk slowly. Yeah, um, underrated player on top of a young kid who's going to be good. Although that sort of fits the object, I suppose. Uh, under. We're drawing a bit of a blank here on this one. I think we're going to have to move on. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling because I don't know why I'm struggling with that, but there's, uh, I'm just down. Yeah. Here we are. We'll leave that one. Yeah. Is it harder to get your card off to win on tour? Harder to get your card off to win on tour? Um, well, if you think logically, it's probably got to be harder to get your card because more people try to get their card and fail than people who got their card and tried to win and mm. fail. So looking at logic and the numbers, you'd have to say, that, but for me personally, it's proved to be the other way around because I got my card, you know, fairly quickly from the Challenge Tour. But you know, I'm, I, I like to think that I, the world's more important than me, so I'm going to go for my first answer, which is it's uh, it's harder to get your card than it is to win on tour. Okay, who would you not like to play for a tenner? Oh, God, who would I not like to play for a tenner? <laughs> um, could even be a handicap goal for your home club. <sighs> I 
seems batch five may have been the hardest batch of questions. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I've I, I, I never played for money, so I mean, well, like match play, so uh, I, I wouldn't know. There's your answer then. Yeah. Don't play for money, so non-question. Yeah. Okay, we'll go with that. If the rules changed to permit only five clubs, what would you carry? Um, it would be a... What do we go for? Five clubs. So obviously there'd be the putter in there. There'd be a sandwich in there. There'd probably be a... I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for a three wood. And then I'm going to go for, say, an eight iron and a five iron. Okay, so nice mix throughout. Yeah. Very wise. Uh, what's the worst opening tee shot you'd ever hit? Um, one of the worst ones I've ever seen was Tiger Woods here, actually. Well, I didn't hit it, obviously, but I remember watching it. Um, but in fact, counts. It does he's, count. He's yeah. won enough golf tournaments, I think, for me to say that. But that was some some tee shot here a few years ago here. Uh, I believe what I was watching. Actually, the question is what you fit, but that's good uh, good side knowledge. What did you do? Which one? It was when he was, I think it was his first, uh, I think it was his 10th hole, it was off the first tee and he yeah. hit like a bit of a fat top hook, weird, weird looking shot, but I mean, there you go, I mean, I, I've hit some first tee shot, I don't know, I mean, you could you could say St Andrews in the Open last year, you could you could actually kick it off that tee, so it never looks that bad where you end up, but yeah. you can hit some real shockers off there, so, little top I, yeah, runner. there was a little, the first tee shot there was a, a two iron and lean on it and chunk it down there somewhere, so that was pretty poor, but. Didn't matter. No one knew. No one knew. Perfect. We'll leave it there, Eddie. Thank okay. you very much for your time and uh, good luck this week. Thank you. Okay, so that was Eddie Pepperell, and uh, now we're going to turn our attention to the coming weeks uh, golf on the two tours, although we're not going to speak too much about the European tour. The European tour are at the ISPS Perth International. Uh, Nick, who won it last year? Thorbjorn Ollison. Correct. Correct, Tom. You just pulled that out of nowhere. <laughs> you didn't want anything to do with that question, Tom. I can sense. Um, uh, players in the field, oh, sort of headline players are Oosthuizen, Ollison, defending Dubuisson, playing. Uh, but it's not. Yeah, it's in Australia uh, this time of year. Lovely part of the world. I've been to Perth. It's gorgeous out there. So it's just a long way away from everywhere. The nearest city to Perth is. In Indonesia, I think it's in the middle of nowhere. Tom, that you, that sounds. That's a stat. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like, um, like a geographical fact okay. slash conjecture. <laughs> okay, so let's let's um, divert our attention onto the Honda Classic. Okay, um, and before we do our little bit of previewing of the tournament and talk about some of the people that we think have got a chance of winning, um, I think I'm going to set you a quiz. Ten questions. Um, okay. With look, look, looking forward to this. Very st easy start. Very easy. Even you can get this, Tom. In fact, Tom, I'm going to nominate you to answer this question. Okay. Who's the defending champion? Padraig Harrington. Correct. Boom. One out of one. Um, that was a great win last year. We all. It was one of the highlights of last last season. I remember all watching it on that month because it spilled over to a Monday finish, didn't it? And we were all watching and genuinely captivated by what was happening, and it looked like he'd played himself out of it. Then he hold something like a 15 footer on the last green. It was just vintage Harrington. It was a brilliant performance. No, it was. It Sadly, was. he hasn't pushed on from there. Um, I, I can't say personally I'm that surprised I think he's just been so erratic and... go on Tom I've got a question for you Neil oh yeah how many times has he won that event well look <laughs> I'm the one asking, asking the questions uh, he's won it twice um, so question number two 
Uh, it's played at the PGA National. Correct. I've been there, actually, a okay. couple of years ago. I went to interview Ernie Els there. Um, what's the par of the golf course? 70. Yeah, gone. Correct. That's, you both got one right. That's two out of two. What's the winner's share of the prize fund this year? It's a big old event. It's usually, um, it's usually I think, they get 20%. So last year... I think it's about 1.3. One, about 6.1. So it'd probably be about 6.3. So what's a fifth of 6.3 million? 1.3. I'm going to say... I'm no good with numbers. Yeah, I think 1.3. Yeah, I'll go 1.3. It's just over 1. Oh. 1.098. Oh, it's not bad though, is it? I mean, yeah. You weren't the Not bad for four days' work. Who has won this tournament the most times? Now it has had it's had different names in the past. I think the Inverary Classic or something in the past. So it has a long history. This tournament, um, back into the seventies. Not that I'm giving you any clues, but who has won it Jeff. the most? And I'll I'll give you a little clue and say he won it three times. Oh, brilliant! Oh, great clue there. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Nicholas? Stretches back that far. Man. 70s? 70s, 80s. Let's say Or maybe he's trying to throw us off. No, I think we have to, I don't think we're going to. Jack Nicholas. Correct. Yes. See? Tom taking the go. lead. Very good. <laughs> Who did Podrick Harrington beat in a playoff last year? Daniel Berger. Correct. <laughs> Lying. <laughs> this is most unusual. And you're going to get the next one as well because Tom's uh, Nick's already mentioned the answer to this. Uh, what was unusual about last year's event? Finished on a Monday. Correct. <laughs> Fly. I mean, this. I mean, this. <laughs> five from five. How much is a ticket to the final round? Oh, you. This is the second time you've answered. Okay, it's so let's, the let's journey round. back. Let's journey back. So last time the you asked this question, round. it was about final round. Just one round. One hundred and forty-five dollars for a season pass. Last time you asked this question. So let's go with something like thirty bucks. I reckon it's free. Oh, do you reckon he's playing I us? I could be. I could well be. He's not. It's Nick. I'm gonna, this is all. I'm gonna let you on answer. me. Thirty dollars. I'll give it to you to the nearest 50 cents. Stick with $30. It's $50. Okay. $50? I think that's too much. That is not too much. That's great value. It's a great field, a great event. What's the exchange rate at the moment? So that's what? 32 quid, something like that? Just just over 30, yeah. That's pretty good for a day's golf. day's entertainment with some of the world's best players. I mean, it's a hell of a field. It's a great field. Um, We'll come on to that. Uh, Next question. Now, this requires me to be able to read my handwriting. Again, it's a regular theme, a problem in this podcast. But in 2014, (laughs) 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 there was a four-man playoff. Okay? Yeah. Uh, Can you name all four players? And, Tom, you've got some sheets in front of you, which is... (sighs) Okay. Name all four players without looking at any of the information. I know who won. I I know who okay. won. I think it's Russell Henley won. Russell Henley. He oh, was sorry. in the playoff Correct. with. I think Russell Fort Knox might have been in that playoff <laughs> as well. Correct. The two Russells. I think was Rory in it after he missed that eagle part on the last. Did yes, that he get him was. The so that's three of the four. And then what do you reckon? I've got it there, but I'm not looking. And I was it wasn't someone like. Oh, here we go. Poulter or Casey or something like that was it? Casey did well last, last year, didn't he? Year, he did, yeah, he did well last year until he imploded, I think, on the back nine on Sunday or Monday. I'm not sure. Stab in the dark time here. Brant Snedeker. He <laughs> <laughs> no talked way. about folds. Okay, uh, no, that's wrong. The answer is Palmer. I've written, I've written Palmer in front of me. I presume it's Ryan Palmer as opposed to Arnold Palmer. Um, yes, Ryan Palmer. Okay, so that 
that's that's two wrong in a row. <laughs> in 2012, Rory won. Um, what was the what sh- what score did he shoot in the final round? He shot 62. Then he come back from miles. Was that the event where him and Tiger were both flying? Was it, is, that, is that not where he he made the cut by a mark and then shot 64, 62? I think it's 62. 62. Correct. Yes. Very strong. Correct. Did Woods shoot 62? That, was that the year after? Do you remember? Nicholas, I've told you not to ask me questions. Sorry. Tiger, I remember Tiger him, was running up that year. Yeah, he hit, I remember he hit an approach on the 18th right of the flag and yeah. hold the putt for Eagle. Yeah, it was. It, Tiger was certainly... Um, in the mix that year, I think. Uh, okay, final question. Uh, the PGA National is famous for a stretch of holes called the Bear Trap. Yes. Um, yes. But which holes are they? Go on. They're the, they're the, the last, three. last three, aren't they? Par four, par four 16th, par 3 17th, par 5 18th. Incorrect. Are they like, is it like, 15, 16, 17. It is. Yeah, yeah. so 15 yeah. is a par 3. 16 is a sort of mid, mid-range mid par 4. 435 yards, something like that. 17 is an impossible par 3. Is a, is a par 3 as well. A lot of water. A lot of water. Wind hard to judge because they get quite good crowds and they're surrounded by the uh, grandstands. I think it's one of those, I think the 17 is one of those holes where they don't actually aim for the green. They aim for the left bunker because it's so far away from the water. That's right, yeah. And uh, has Rory's had quite a sort of checkered history in this event, hasn't he? He'd won it, had great memories there, finished it, uh, was in the playoff in the year that Russell Knox played. But d- didn't he walk off the golf course at the Honda Classic? Yeah, that was it. Was that citing a, was it thumb injury? Yeah, when he was just... just when was that? Early, halfway through was it 13? Two. That was 2013 or, yeah, it was yeah, 2013. That was, I think that's right, yeah. Well, he'd signed for Nike in that January, hadn't he? And yeah. yeah. He wasn't playing his best. Oh no, it was toothache. It was toothache, wasn't it? <laughs> Not thumb injury. A thumb. Okay, well, um, as we're entering the realms of just talking nonsense, I think <laughs> we should move on. Uh, and I'm going to ask you for a couple of names of people that you think will contend. So anyone who's listening to this who might have a couple of quid sloshing around in their back pocket that they don't quite know what to do with. <laughs> we're not advocating betting. <laughs> Go to the pub. Um, <laughs> but we might inspire you to. Uh, I've got a, I've got a few names. I've got four names, which I won't talk about in, in depth hugely here. Um, from the favourites, moving backwards, Adam Scott is in the field again. I had a good week last week. Um, it's it really suits really good iron players this course. Um, it's not all about uh, a huge length or anything like that. Has he, has he played well at the Honda before? I don't know off the top of my head. I'm just looking at the field and going through who I think might, if they if they play well. These are guys who are, have been playing well. So we've got Adam Scott, Brandon Grace. Yes. Again, someone who's playing really, really well. Oh, I think I've nicked one from Nick. Try both. Uh, he, he's actually one of a few, I don't, I th- uh, he's one of a few European tour players who's playing this week so if I could quickly interject here Grace obviously plays most of his golf on the European Tour but he's got five top tens in his last 15 PGA Tour starts stat boom Um, and then two others who maybe we should have a look at um, especially from a British point of view are Andy Sullivan's in the field he is probably going to be priced at about 80 to 1 as well which is you're not going to get him any longer than that Um, I think it could be a course which suits him I don't know if he's played there before, probably not. Um, but I think that's great value for someone who's been playing actually very well on the European tour. 
and then someone who's going to be priced at a hundred plus is Ian Poulter. Is he really going to be a hundred plus? Do you yeah. think? Yeah, he will be. Gosh, because I mean, he odds, uh, Monday um, usually the odds don't come out to Tuesday, and we're talking on a Monday. If you're listening to this on another day, this was recorded on a Monday. But um, Betfair's the only one with any odds up, and he's at about one hundred and ten to one. Very interesting because he has a good track record around there, yeah. and yes, he's not played his best for a while yet. But hundred to one for somebody who's a seasoned winner. Uh, it seems pretty good. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick is making his yep. it, debut Fitz- in the event. Yeah, so um, I mean, there's lots of. Um, it's going to be one of those fields where Rory's playing, Ricky Fowler's playing, Adam Scott's playing. They're going to be really, really short odds. It means that there's an awful lot of people who, you know, have got a, a lot of great potential and they're going to have massive odds in there. So even for the each way bets, um, which you would think this this event usually um, is good. For, for outsiders yeah so um, I think there's a lot of value this week I would I think that's a good point uh, I think that's a good point I think quite a few non-favourites have won over the last couple of years so what do you mean what, by that as in you would you know traditionally you expect yeah. the top 10 or 15 players to feature okay, and, and sorry, win sorry, quite sorry. a lot of the time the last couple of years you've had a few had slightly had quite a lot of surprises Thompson in there was a winner, Thompson Harrington was a massive surprise so Henley, yeah, Henley as well. So yeah. Okay, Nick. So who are you going for? I like the look of uh, Matsuyama. Obviously, won a couple of weeks ago. Contended last week before falling away, um, but playing very, very good golf at the moment. Yo- uh, Jonas Blixt. He's had a couple of top six finishes in his last three events, and uh, Patrick Reed likewise. So those would be the three guys that I would, if I were a betting man. Can I just check? Money Is Patrick Reed definitely in the field? Uh, yes, he is according okay, to uh, the odds here, yeah. and Phil Mickelson as well. We haven't even mentioned Phil, and he's been playing particularly got, well. So, yeah. um, whether it was suit in the court, I'm not sure. You've got Fowler's in the field as well. Yeah. So it's really good field this week. And um, what odds? Uh, someone like a Ches Reevy who off, off the top of my head, top of your head, because he, I think he recorded his first top ten on the PGA Tour since 2011. <laughs> this week, <or> last <laughs> week. And he he played well at Pebble Beach as well before falling away on the Sunday there. So someone who's very much in form. Um, Perhaps not. Oh, yes, he is. He is. He is. He's going to be about, about. Hello, I'm just going to come back to the mic. 85 to 1. Not bad value for someone who's clearly returned a bit of form, first top 10 for a long time, now free of injury, which plagued him for so long. Yeah. So, yeah. not a bad shout there either. Okay, I'm going to go for. Well, I want, went for one favourite, and that's Rory. And the reason, I, and obviously, he's going to oh, be very well, well short done, odds. Well done. What are his odds, Tom? So he's he's back 4 to 1. But he's bubbling under nicely. He's won it before. He's been in a playoff. He's not a bad golfer, is he? He's a good golfer. And in the build-up to the Masters, it, 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 he's when he's won this tournament in the past, he's gone on and had, you know, that 2012 had an absolutely extraordinary year. Um, then 2014, when he was in the playoff, um, obviously didn't win, but then came over to the UK, won the BMW, then went on and had the summer that he had where he won the, the PGA and the Open. Um I just think it's the sort of tournament that it suits him to a T because you, there's so much water on that golf course that in order to stop the, the ball next to the flags, you need to hit the ball high. That's And that's kind of Rory's biggest strength, his biggest forte. Mm. Uh, he lives just around the corner as well. Uh, Palm Springs, That's uh, Donald lives out there. Ricky Fowler lives out there. It's Tiger's obviously not far, not that he's playing. He's not playing. But he he also lives in the A. So uh, I would say Rory for me is a pretty strong favourite. I would be very surprised not to see him up there on Sunday. Uh, and then the two two players I would go for as outsiders. One would be 
Paul Casey, I say outsiders, not really outsiders, but Paul Casey's record on that golf course is very good. It's the sort of golf course that suits him. He's very much a Rory McIlroy style, style player. And he actually hasn't played an awful lot this year. I was looking at no, Paul I was going to say, actually, what, what's he been doing recently? Because I can't remember seeing his name in many he fields. He missed the cut at Torrey Pines. Uh, and then he did play this week at, or last week at the Northern Trust. Finished 39th, so played okay, didn't play brilliantly, finished... Uh, I think he was on minus three by the end of it. So not a bad first run out, having had quite a stint away from the game, actually. So it's just a golf course that suits him for me. Uh, and I would be, again, be um, surprised not to see him up there, uh, even though he has had a bit of time off. And the other one? Oh, yeah, sorry, there was one more. There was one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason Duffner. Thoughts? Yeah. Looks, looks a lot like Nick. <laughs> so apparently I look like Jason Duffler and Patrick Reed. Uh, you look exactly handsome men. You look exactly like uh, Jason Duffler. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean recent winner, um, first time he won since 2013 PGA, I think. Yeah, missed, so. missed the cut pretty badly the week after, which is no surprise. They no surprise. Do, uh, yeah, especially when it's been a while since you registered a victory. He's got his off course life back on track now. Um, looks physically in better shape, and obviously very confident after that win so not a bad shot and he did okay last year Tom have you got the results from last year I think he was t- sort of top 10 um, I've only got the top 5 and he's he's a good ball striker as well so I think that's sort of can he part from one foot yet <laughs> <That's always laughs> never ever have I ever seen a golfer who looks more likely to miss putts from within one foot than Jason Duffner no when he won the PGA <laughs> his, his putting stroke from a foot was, was, was millimetres Length Doug, of his putting stroke. Doug Sanders-esque. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm laughing yeah. because <laughs> I know exactly how it feels. Okay, maestro. Um, okay, well, I think that brings us towards the end of the podcast. Unless there's anything anyone really wants to say, uh, I'll just sign off. No, no, any other business over here? Nick, anything you'd like to get off your chest before we leave? No, no, no. Although what I would say is uh, keep your eyes on the shelves. Cause on golf- the shelves? Yes, because the new issue of Golf Monthly isn't far away, the May issue, and it's a complete redesign. So there's loads of new features, um, very much an emphasis on, on striking imagery and very refined look. So keep your eyes out for that. And it's the source of a lot of hard work in the Golf Monthly office at the moment. And uh, I'm sure between now and when we go to press, which is in still, I think we've still got 10 days or so until we go to press. Yeah. Travel supplement as well. So look out for that if you're planning your next golfing getaway. So so there we have it. That's the end of the podcast for this week. Thank you for joining us. Uh, as always, I'm going to plug our various social media channels, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Please keep an eye out because we have a fairly constant stream of content that we are uh, publishing to those Um, to those social media sites that will keep you even closer to the game of golf. Um, But uh, for now, this week, it's goodbye.